tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, the post-quality podcast, the PQP, as you may well have got used to these days. But our podcast after the qualifying session, the Italian Grand Prix, and what a strange qualifying we had where half the grid almost had engine penalties. So it was a slightly different kind of uh, kettle of fish for us. But before we dive into all of that, I want to introduce the founder of WTF1, birthed out of his brain, Tom <laughs> Bellingham. Wow. How Hello. are you, Tommy? Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us today to really dive through qualifying. I know you're a busy man. Children, WTF1 foundering. It's, uh, it's a busy life. It is. But yeah, I will try my best to get my head around that qualifying because it is a confusing one and we've been doing this for a very long time and we can't work it out so goodness knows how new fans have a clue what's going on at least the guy on pole is actually on pole because it looked like at one point Leclerc might qualify fourth and still get pole which would just be ridiculous spoiler alert but I'm sure you've watched qualifying by now Leclerc yep on pole position legitimately valid a lap that was the best of everybody in Q3, which I was not expecting at all. But we'll dive into no. Q3 very shortly. We'll go to Q1 first, though, because we need to talk okay. about Latifi, Vettel, Stroll, Magnussen and Schumacher, who were the uh, bottom five. I think the big talking point is, of course, Nick de Vries, uh being brought in uh, because Alex Alban, unfortunately, is suffering with appendicitis. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, that has also allowed for the greatest moment for Nick de Vries's racing career, a job interview at the Italian Grand Prix. Of course, kind of rumoured, potentially to get a seat, but not really sure. And all of a sudden, straight out of the blocks, out-qualifies the go-to Formula One, Nicholas Latifi, quite comprehensively as well. Well, yeah, he, he got his lap time deleted and just made it in the end. Mm. But still, let's just talk about this yeah i guess Nicholas, 200s yeah it's not comprehensive, if you look at the lap before yeah i know what you mean yeah basically nicholas latifi has been in that car all season nick de Vries, yes he did a, an fp1 in that williams and he's and whatever and he did the fp1 in the aston he only got 25 minutes at the end of fp3 because he found out very late that he was going to be in that car he's done 25 minutes of fp3 he's gone out He's had a lap time deleted and he's still out-qualified Nicholas Latifi. There's, I'm sorry, but there's no argument other than memes how Latifi can keep his seat now. It's It's got to the point where he's getting worse, if anything. It's, I mean, this particular qualifying session and, and weekend with Albon being out and De Vries going in, it is a lose-lose situation for Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. If he out-qualifies De Vries, yeah, you're supposed to, mate. If he doesn't, he looks like a bit of a mug. And unfortunately, 
he got out-qualified by De Vries. Uh, surely, surely he is not on the grid next year. This it this is not be. from hatred. This is this is because he's not good enough. And it's I know that people will go, well, why do you why do you support Ricardo? Well, there's a lot of love and support and empathy and everything like that for Danny Rick, and I do love him very much, but I also agree that he's not been good enough. But then again, he actually had a pretty decent qualifying, so we, we won't go too much into that. But yes, Nicholas Satifi, what how? How are you how? getting out qualified? by someone who's still probably trying to learn half the buttons on the steering wheel. He was in a different <laughs> yeah. car in FB1. He was in it's, an Aston Martin. It's mad. Who were also dreadful uh, <laughs> out at 17th and 18th in Q1. It's it's unforgivable, I think. If there was ever yeah. a smidgen of hope for Latifi to stay in that Williams seat and Williams go, oh, well, maybe, maybe we'll just keep someone that we, you know, we know and he knows the team and no. That Williams no. car is not as bad as everyone makes out. And that's because Nicholas Satifi is in that car, unfortunately. People watching us on Twitch right now, you go back to the start of the Twitch stream, and I'm pretty sure I said, if De Vries out-qualifies Nicholas Latifi, you might as well rip up his contract there and then because he sh- you can't be being beaten by someone that's just had 25 minutes in the car right before, when you've been in it all season and done all the all the practice sessions, you know, three hours of practice it is you're right it's it's unforgivable and for him to get a lap time deleted and still beat him it's inexcusable melvin in the twitch chat says devries pressed the wrong button for the final run in q2 this is what i mean he was probably on the pit limiter and still managed to beat <laughs> Nicholas the TV. but, but yeah, i mean true. look we're straight up with our messaging here that williams if you genuinely mean that you don't need money and that you just want talent, you have to replace Latifi with someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be DeFreeze. If if that doesn't work for whatever reason, maybe he doesn't bring enough money. But anyone at this stage... Yeah. Well, DeFreeze... DeFreeze even though he was 13th. racing this weekend. DeVries, 13th. 13th, yeah. and that's before grid penalties are applied. He'll be starting about 9th, Yeah, I think. Roughly. It's a, it's a long shot because he doesn't know the buttons and things. But if... if Nick DeVries jumps in to this Williams, and I know it's their best track, but if he scores a point and Latifi doesn't, and probably won't all season, that there's there's no well, it doesn't even matter if that happens because this qualifying session is yeah, the it, it's done. It's, it's done. And it's they've done. got to go. And I think that's a great, like you say, it's a job interview for DeVries. And um as far as I'm concerned, he's he's passed it. Right. He's passed with flying well, colours. He did make a few mistakes in free practice, just trying to learn the limits of the car, but fair enough. I mean, he's trying to get ready for qualifying. Uh, thankfully, kept it out of the wall when he went through the gravel trap a couple of times. But uh, yeah, a great qualifying performance. Did it when it mattered. And yeah, big props to DeFries. And we won't go on any more Nicholas Latifi slander uh, for the rest of this podcast, although no promises. Uh, but yeah, Aston Martin, dreadful, 17th and 18th. And Haas, also dreadful. Terrible track for them. Schumacher was going to start at the back anyway, and yep. he's now going to be starting in the middle sector with how many uh, uh, <laughs> penalty positions he has. Uh, okay, so that's Q1 done and dusted. We then moved to Q2, uh, and the drivers that were out were Ocon, Bottas, De Vries, Xiaoguan uh, Yu, and Sonoda. Sonoda didn't bother going out because starting at the back anyway, and uh, didn't even fancy helping his teammate, which uh, was uh, an intriguing uh, <laughs> decision from AlphaTauri, but... Um, it's fine. Like people were saying, oh, why didn't you give the slipstream? As long as you're in that train and you're not the the conductor of that train, then you're going to be fine. You'll get you'll get slipstream from somebody. Um, but either way, Ocon was probably a bit of a, a scalp 
for Alpine, uh, but still only one position off Alonso because he bottled Q3 drastically, did Fernando Alonso. Don't know the full ins and outs of it right now as to whether he had a problem, but we did see him trolling a little bit at the start of Q3, uh, letting Perez through to lead lead the train. Um, but Q2, Bottas, a bit anonymous, but yeah. P12, you know, it, it doesn't well, matter again for him, does it? Uh, <laughs> so that's what I mean. There's so many penalties that for this, for me, right, Formula One have to do simplify, either do something about the rules so that it's easier to understand or simplify it for people watching. Because qualifying, for me, there has to be something on screen to show. But no one knows this is the problem. And that's the problem. Even the rules, the the problem. Like I've just seen a tweet, right, from Chris Medlin, who's a journalist, and he's tweeted that every single person in the media center has a different idea of what the grid is. And they're the experts. Yeah. It's how are new fans going to understand what on earth is going on if the people that are flying up to races and paid to be there, they don't even have a clue what the order is. And, you know, qualifying finished 20 minutes ago, and we have no idea if Max Verstappen is going to start third or seventh. It's, it's mad. It's absolutely Could he mad. start third? I don't know. It's yeah, this is the thing. The fourth minimum, is probably minimum. either way, uh, or the maximum. Sorry, but yeah, it's just this is what I mean. If you want, like, Drive to Survive done an amazing job at capturing an audience. So many people have flooded into this sport. Formula One now have the job to simplify a very complicated and technical sport. Yeah, I was trying to think of a better word for that, but it is right. They have to strip it down it's like a football it's like you're watching a football match and you don't know what the score is yeah, it could yeah, be two yeah could be three nil we're not actually sure because uh one of the drivers had to take an engine penalty uh, drivers football players whatever yeah like yeah. you know what i mean it's a bit stupid but it just they need to simplify the ruling and also how you visualize and absorb the the qualifying session because if there are engine penalties there needs to be something up on screen there needs to be a little BG for back of the grid next to one of the driver's graphics or something. I mean, it shouldn't be up to me on the Twitch watch along reading something from our website to basically inform our users what the what the penalties are. And yeah, hopefully by the end of this podcast, we know so we can give you some kind of order. But at the moment, uh, we just not. have to go based on what uh, what the thing is before the grid penalties are. Um, applied, which will obviously be completely different because, like you said, Matt, it is not quite half the grid. It's nine out of the 20 drives have a penalty. And they're all... The the confusing thing as well is they're all different. It's not a case of you just go, okay, all of those drivers go to the back where you can just pick them out and you go, Verstappen goes here because he's the highest of the grid penalties and they're all the same penalties. They're all different penalties. So it's all going to work out completely different. And you need a supercomputer to work out where anyone exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Shadow 3543 in the Twitch chat right now says, how does Max end up in fourth? He should be in seventh. If he is fourth, it's an injustice to the McLaren team when they had a great quality. I mean, realistically, McLaren qualified seventh and eighth. So let's not you know, celebrate that too much. Um, but the understanding is, right, that the plus 
misplaced penalties, the plus five, the plus 10, the plus 15 gets worked out first. And then the back of the grid penalties then are applied afterwards. That's my understanding of it. And that's the general consensus, which means that Verstappen will take his penalty first. And then the Hamilton, et cetera, the Perez is uh, Perez. Is he back of the grid? No, science back of the grid. Science back Um, of the grid. Those would be calculated at the end. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah i mean it's just I'm, madness isn't it uh, obviously um, this is tongue-in-cheek but my word uh i'm looking forward to twitter's very sensible reaction when max verstappen only ends up with probably docked three places when he's meant to have five i'm sure it will be taken very well on twitter the <laughs> fia be, or... yeah Favoring Red MV0 Bull. Oh again. my god! Oh, well. Yeah, Jeez, it's, yeah uh, it's just the way it is. Um, unfortunately, we've had it before. I mean, Valtteri Bottas is a perfect example. The, we said it in that last podcast, and it blew up on social. But he started qualified twentieth, had twenty five place of grid penalties, and started fourteenth. <laughs> it's just. It, <laughs> Something has to change. It's just it's crazy, so ridiculous. It? I love how they've they've sort of they sort of stripped it down, didn't they? Originally, when I think a few years ago with the Fernando Alonso McLaren Honda era, where he had like sixty places of mm. of penalties, and they were like, "No, that's too many. We're we're just going to allow thirty now, or whatever it is." Uh, but yeah, it's just all very confusing. Hopefully, it'll get cleared up and changed for for all of us watching because none of us know what the grid is going to be. Uh, so we will see. And I, I, I can see as well F1 posting a here's the starting order, and then like one of the teams going, "That's not what we've got." Right. Nope. I've, I've just gone. I, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, this shows that it hasn't changed. <laughs> this is seven years ago. This is the 2015 Italian Grand Prix. I've just gone on Wikipedia and looked at the notes from the qualifying. Marcus Ericsson, three-place grid penalty. Carlos Sainz, 35-place grid penalty. Kvyat, 35-place grid penalty. Daniel Ricciardo, 50-place grid penalty. Jensen Button, 5-place grid penalty. Fernando Alonso, 10-place grid penalty. Max just happened, 30-place grid penalty. That was seven years ago. And we're still here. In fact, we've got more grid penalties. <laughs> How has that happened? Oh, God. I don't know. I do not know. But here we are. Uh, let's move away from penalties now. This uh, yeah. is a very interesting debate, but one that we could probably go on for in a ver- uh, a ver- well, through- throughout the entire day. So, yeah. Ocon Bottas, De Vries, Joe and Sonoda uh, were the drivers out in Q2 and then we get to Q3 where it was Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, Perez, Hamilton, Russell, Norris, Ricardo, Gasly, Alonso in terms of the finishing order in terms yeah. of the four penalties are applied. Um, big I... talking points there. Yes, Tommy? I was just going to say, can I just say before penalties are applied, 10th and 11th for Alpine is absolutely shocking with that card that for what I thought they were going to do. A track like Monza. Sure I thought it was going to see. Also top five in quality, I did. You? I did. There Is he going to of... end up in top five anyway? Probably not. Prob- You're not going to be able to try not and sure. swindle yeah. that one on the podcast. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be trying, but <laughs> even still, tenth and eleventh is a shocker for Alpine. This yeah. should have been one of their best tracks, and that chance to get that podium, but that's going to be a tough ask now. It certainly is. Uh, it's a big talking points. I think. One of them that I noticed, which was a tiny thing, uh, but one that potentially allowed Verstappen to get ahead of science was the fact that Carlos had his final run without really any kind of slipstream. Maybe a very, 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 very distant toe, but he fell off the back of, I think it was a couple of cars ahead of him. So essentially had to run his final time 
without that toe, which you'd imagine being just over a tenth behind Verstappen, that may well have been the difference between uh, getting a, a proper Ferrari one-two lockout before a penalty was applied, uh, than than Verstappen managing to to pip signs. So I, I found that a little bit strange. Yeah, and um, crucial as well because the start of the session, it was looking all very good for Ferrari. That ironically, you know, Sainz being ahead of Leclerc, but it was still a one-two is actually better for them because it would have put Max down further. Um, but the fact that Max managed to pip Sainz in the end means that he's up another place. And if um, maybe, who if knows? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> he might well start at the back of the grid. We don't know. Uh, it is all a mystery. But just to kind of highlight how clear Ferrari and Red Bull were, or at least the top three, Leclerc, Verstappen and Sainz all separated by a quarter of a second. And then Sergio Perez was a second back from Leclerc. And then Hamilton, 1.3, George, 1.3, 1.4, Lando, 1.7, Danny Rick, and 2.4, Pierre Gasly. And then Fernando Alonso, as I mentioned earlier, I don't know, completely bottled it by the sounds of it. Uh, didn't get a lap time in, which was uh, such a missed opportunity. Uh, I was properly on on board for an Alonso front row, uh, front row but um, it didn't happen, did it? No, shocking. Shocking from... I'd be interested to see what happened. Don't know if he made a couple of mistakes. He did his first run, and we saw him get out, out the way with one of the Ferraris. But um, yeah, to to have the problem again, like he was having a bit of a gamesmanship with Perez, like you said, that he went out the pits early. Um, but I can't actually. I'd be interested to see what actually happened with Alonso because, uh, yeah, shocker for him when it looked like he was going to have a good. This this should have been a really good weekend for Alpine and it could still be but so far not, not great Crip Q how is Verstappen so fast in Spa but so slow here I don't get it I wouldn't say so slow <laughs> you do it you're pole. doing well when you're so slow and you're second on the grid <laughs> well not starting second yeah. uh, that'll be a meme um yeah I, I wouldn't say I mean they, they are very different tracks Spa is a mixture of um, high speed and and uh, relying on quite a bit of downforce in that middle sector, whereas you'd have to say that it's a bit more basic and and stripped back Monza. It's uh, much more power, and it seems as though Verstappen as well went for a a higher downforce setup than Ferrari have. He lost a bit of time in that first uh, sector, especially, uh, and he said in the post race or post quali interview, sorry, that um, that slightly higher downforce setup may pay dividends uh, when. Uh, when we get to Sunday tomorrow. So they think, Red Bull think, that that setup is uh, going to be the one to, to beat Ferrari. But having that slightly less straight line speed might be might be interesting, especially if he's not able to make up positions immediately at the start. How how risky does he go from P4 on the grid? It's going to get a little bit tight around him. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting with his, like you say, uh, draggier car, but then... We still don't know. This is going to be the theme of the podcast. We don't know where he's going to start, but he might only have a Mercedes and a McLaren to pass, which they're not known for having the greatest straight line speed, are they? So, yeah, um, he's been mighty in the middle sector, uh, and it might be, uh, it's going to be an interesting race to see how he sort of plays that, because normally Monza is just a one-stop, isn't it? You get that like one opportunity, and then uh, Le- Leclerc needs to hope really just pull away at the start and hope that Verstappen gets a bit held up with his uh, 
his wing and we we know how difficult it is to pass at Monza despite it being it should in theory be a good track you did the video about it didn't you that it should be the easiest place to overtake and the way the teams have gone uh, with their grid penalties they kind of seem to think it as well but it's not actually the case the last two seasons for example we've had two bizarre winners mainly thanks to the fact that you can't pass certainly uh, it's funny someone just came into the chat who is me and says so where does max start that kind of sums up uh, our podcast really we don't know yet but we imagine p4 uh, but we wait for clarification uh that will um pretty much be that i think for this podcast uh, with the DRS not working and DRS transforming, will Verstappen win or is this Leclerc Monza 2019? We don't know. Not sure. Uh, it, you'll have I, to I still join think us tomorrow. Verstappen <laughs> is inevitable, but yes, you'll have to join us tomorrow as we will be live on Twitch once again. WTF1 official, if you are listening on audio, we are live on Twitch right now doing our post quality podcast. Make sure to come check us out uh, on Twitch uh, if you'd like to watch along with the race uh, with us uh, for the race tomorrow before we go to a three week break before the next one. And uh, Tommy, final thoughts. Final thoughts are it is now 34 minutes after qualifying and I still don't know what the grid is. And that, that needs to change. I'm it's sorry. a proper SpongeBob meme moment right now with that. Everything's on fire. That's the F1 HQ right now. They have no idea what the grid's going to be. Clue. And the fact that F1 haven't posted it either just shows, just shows that it's that a bit chaotic. They're doing the same going. Yep. They, they might start? they might even sit back and go we'll do it tomorrow i think that's it tomorrow should... morning <laughs> do you reckon we should change the rules maybe the problem is this happens like i mentioned on that thing in 2015 that it happens every year at spa and monza and then we have another seven races everyone forgets about it and then we get to guaranteed next year next year we don't talk about it again and then we're here again next year at Spa and going, these penalties are ridiculous. They need to change. Yep, you know, you it. just know it. It's and just, nothing uh, will. We're in a hell loop right now and we don't yeah. know it. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for watching live on Twitch. Uh, and thank you to audio listeners. We're going to say goodbye to you now. Uh, we're going to carry on for a few more minutes over on Twitch. So make sure to come follow, uh, follow us, WTF1 official. And uh, yeah, tomorrow, live watch along. See you there. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Tommy's wave to audio listeners again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right, we're back, everybody. Tommy's just told me to carry on recording. We just said goodbye, and Tommy's got the official order. So, Tommy, take us through it. Well, it's not the official order, because it's just this is what Sky thinks, and a lot of people think, oh, including F1 TV. So we still don't know, but as far as we think, <laughs> this might be the order. So it's Leclerc, Russell, Norris, Verstappen, Ricardo, Gasly, Alonso, De Vries in P8, Guan Yu Zhou in 9th, and Sergio Perez in 10th. Wow. That is shocking. That is shocking. Nick so, De Vries starting P8 in his first ever Formula 1 race in the Williams. I'm excited to see how he does. That is big hype. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the very sensible reaction to Max Verstappen um, starting 4th after having a 5-place grid penalty from P2. I'm sure there will be <laughs> no overreaction whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just, I'm ready for a DeVries train. I'm ready for eighth all the way down to 20th being behind uh, Nick DeVries for the entire race and that rocket ship of a Williams. Latifi's Looking 11th. forward to it. Latifi's 11th. Wow. Two Williams in the mix, despite Latifi qualifying 16th. 
Unbelievable. Okay. Right. Thank you, Tommy, for that update. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.